Well, we're diving into a series called Anti-Anxiety, and uh, I'm, I'm just believing God is going to help us in this. Um, as far as anxiety goes, let's go back into Scripture here. In the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians, he shares about a time where he said, we had conflict on every side. Have you ever felt that way? Just like everywhere you turn, something's going on. He said, we had battles without, and we had fears within. And it's notable in the next couple of verses that he talks about how God comforted them. And the inference is from the, from the, the context there is that the first thing that God went to do was to deal with the inside, where the fear was, where the anxiety was. God tends to work from the inside out. And um, so whatever is going on in life, we do have a brand of peace that we can have that passes understanding. So in other words, it can guard our hearts, guard our minds, and yet we can still have situations going on on the outside. And as we'll see in a little bit, Jesus paid a dear price so that you and I could have peace. Now, as we share this, I just want to say this from the beginning. Heaven, we have a problem. And the problem is epidemic, and the problem is anxiety and all of its evil and ugly cousins. The reality is, and statistics show, that everyone deals with anxiety. We deal with it in different levels, uh, different severity, um, some even to a point of disorder, uh, what would be considered a disorder in our life. Um, one in 13 worldwide suffer anxiety to a point that they have a disorder. It's worse in the United States, the good old U.S. of A., and there are a lot of contributing factors of why we're a stressed out people. And we're going to look at those things as we go. It's closer to 20% uh, in the U.S. $42 billion are spent annually uh, to help us deal with our anxiousness and our, our worry and our depression. There are different uh, phobias or fears, specific phobias. Everything from animals to elevators to the sight of blood and bugs and public speaking. We have different phobias, social anxiety orders, uh, disorders rather, panic disorders, OCD. There's a long list of how that kind of manifests. A lot of y'all have some OCD and obsessive compulsive disorder. Then PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. I had my accident almost three years ago. I, I do deal with a little bit of PTSD just on a level, I'm sure not even like some of you would deal with, uh, I can be in traffic and suddenly an ambulance lights and siren right by me and it, and it kind of impacts me from having ridden in one that way. Different things affect us in different, in different ways. And then there is agoraphobia, which is actually the fear of open spaces. It's the fear of fear. It's the fear of if I go somewhere, something might make me afraid or anxious. But every one of us deals with some level of anxiety. I dealt with it this week, truthfully. Um, I dealt with kind of a heightened level of anxiety this week. And do you want to know what triggered that? Working on this series on anti-anxiety. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Several times I told Alicia, I just, I, I need, uh, pray for me. But, you know, what if it's not, you know, and 
I, I've got to say this right, and I've got to get all of this in the right order, and, and I've been working very heavily on this as well. Another thing, last night I had some anxiety, and it was over the daylight savings. <laughs> I, I'm serious. It's like, is that real or not? Did they, what if I get it wrong? And I got, no, I've got, I've got an iPhone. I thought, iPhone, that does it automatically at night. What if the guy who's responsible for that forgot? <laughs> what if it messes up church and people, you, you know, and it, some of the things we stress about are ridiculous. And some of them are just overwhelming. Some of them we can put our finger on. And some of them are like a vapor. And it's like, I, I, I can't seem to get a handle on what that is. And I want you to know today that there is hope and there is help. Um, The reality is we all deal with some form of anxiety, seasons of anxiety, and so I want you to know you're not alone. And it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay not okay. Okay? So we might be a certain way. We might be going through something, but it's, it's, that's okay because that happens to all of us. But it is not okay that you just stay there. And again, I want to give you tools and weapons. And I'm telling you what, the Bible is replete with help for this. We're going to look at this, so, and I'll, I'm getting just a bit ahead of myself here. We're going to look at this in a very holistic way, though. Uh, there's some other factors involved. It's not just that you hug your Bible and you're better. There's some other things that may be contributing and uh, might would help us in this process as well. So let's get some help. Let's help one another. And uh, you know what I'm going to be doing today? Group counseling. (laughs) Do you know what I do every week? Group counseling. Uh, It is said that only about 37% of people who need it actually seek out counseling. And there's, there's negative stigma and so forth. I can't let anybody know I'm going through something. Well, you know what? I just find there's great freedom. Now, I don't tell everybody what I'm going through. But all of us go through things. And all of us, and, and I'll say this. I deal with anxiety. But did you hear what I said? I deal with anxiety. My wife could tell you. My kids could tell you. Those that are close to me could tell you. I live at a high level of peace. I really do. I deal with all kinds of junk and garbage and stuff and things, warped things from my childhood. And then, and then sometimes it's not fun to be, to live in the glass house. And, you know, there's, there's just so many things with it. But you know what? I've learned how to deal with this. It comes, but you deal with it. And we're going to learn how to deal with this because Jesus paid a dear price so that you and I could live with some peace. Now, let me give you the scope of kind of what we're going to be talking about, because this is a broad subject. Um, I can't cover it all. Some of it I'm, I don't feel qualified to cover, but I feel we can cover a lot of it. Now, just hear me real quick. I have an earned doctorate. I uh, went to a highly accredited uh, a s- seminary, and I got my doctorate. My doctorate is I am a doctor of ministry. I am not a doctor of medicine. I'm not a doctor of psychology. I'm not a doctor of psychiatry. My focus is on practical theology and practical ministry. How do we take the truths of God's Word and apply them into our lives so that they can make a difference for us? 
And I believe that those things that I am able to focus on, plus some of my training dealt specifically with anxiety and worry and depression and crisis intervention and crisis counseling and so forth. So I feel well equipped to help you in many, many ways. But what we want to do is just super, super focus on some things that are going to help us in a holistic way. No matter what your level, no matter what your severity that you might be dealing with, we're going to be able to give you some tools and weapons to help you with this. So anxiety is sort of an umbrella term. Uh, It covers a whole lot of things from mild to extreme, a lot of levels, a lot of severity. It includes the ideas of worry, fear, nervousness, uh, depression, anxiety. Several of these try to team up on you. Uh, These are the things that keep you up at night. How many of you have had those things uh, on your mind before that when you wake up in the middle of the night, it's right there? And you wake up in the morning, there it is again. Look look at me. This is not okay. This is not okay. And you have a say-so in this. And And I want to help you see that you don't have to put up with that. There are some tools and weapons, as I said, to help you with this. What if you had a nosy, weird neighbor that every night when you were going to sleep was right there? You asleep yet? Because I wanted to talk to you about something. And then what if you woke up in the middle of the night and they're right there? I've been watching you sleep. Do you want to talk now? And then in the morning when you woke up, they're there with coffee. Can we talk now? You know what? You would not put up with that. You'd call somebody. I need help. I have a weird neighbor. Does anybody actually have that neighbor? All right. It's the things that keep you up at night. Siphons away your energy. Saps your creativity, consumes your focus, consumes your life, ultimately limits and isolates you. And, and the, whole, the whole point, it's almost by design, of anxiety and worry and fear and all of those is to stop you, to slow you down, to, to limit you, to stunt you, to immobilize you. And, and the first response to all these things is you do this, you pull back. And uh, this limits our life and we miss on so many things that I believe God has purpose for us to live in. So let's understand a a, a few things. You have a natural built-in complex monitoring system, alarm system, if you will. You are wired in the whole of who you are. You are wired with this system designed to help you, designed to protect you, and designed to help you prioritize what needs your attention. And when things run right, when you're in a peaceful state, it helps you to be cautious of what you need to be cautious of, to embrace what you need to embrace, to sort out, hey, this needs my attention, that really doesn't need my attention. And so you have this built-in system. Sometimes, though, there are certain factors, there are certain events There are certain behaviors and patterns that you have that can throw this system out of kilter. And so what was meant to help you, protect you, and help you to sort life out now has a couple wheels off the tracks, so to speak. And instead of it helping you, it's hurting you. Instead of it protecting you, it is boxing you away and you get confused on what do I even give my attention to. You know, our house, we have a uh, home security system. 
And it not only has, you know, for windows and doors, we also have a moat around the house and crocodiles, <laughs> big gate that comes down. No, I'm teasing. But it, it monitors doors and windows, and then it has um, a chimney. I turned that off on Christmas Eve. And just making sure you're with me, all right? And it also has a glass break feature, so if glass breaks, it will, it will set off as well. And when we first moved into the house and the system was, was there, um, and we had a yipey little dog, and then, you know, just learning the house, and then, uh, you know, noise in the kitchen, cooking or washing dishes or whatever, that glass break thing would go off all the time. And so what do you do? Just put up with that? No, we, we called them, had them come and adjust it, and then they taught us a few things. Well, part of it is you need to turn this thing off when you're not doing this and turn this on when you're doing that and, you know, to just help. But so in yourself, you have this system that sometimes you might be, have some life patterns, maybe some things that haven't been dealt with that need to be reset, so to speak. Some things need to be adjusted so that your alarm is not going off all the time. And so part of this, we're going to offer great help, but how many of you know God will help you? And guess what? You need to help you. And so we'll explore some things that, we'll, uh, that all of us need to look at as well. So let me give you some contributors, and I'm going to go through these quick. These are some things that will cause us to be a little more anxious in our life. One is that we live too disconnected. If you're isolated, if you're, if you're lonely, if you spend all your time on social media, you get all your information from social media. Only the devil could come up with something called social media and call it social because it isolates and, and misinforms folks. Uh, if you carry too much debt, financial weight is a heavy weight. If you're disorganized, if you live with a lot of clutter, it, it messes with your sensory system and sets you up for more uh, anxiety. How many of you know when you clean up something, you are proud? I mean, I can move three things in the garage, and it's like, honey, come out here. <laughs> the rest of the time, we want to hide it, though, right? <laughs> she says, we need, I know, I'll get to it. And so we like order, and God is a God of order. Uh, unresolved issues in our life. Unresolved conflicts. Uh, sometimes we're ill-equipped for pre-event. Something's coming up and we don't know how to prepare ourselves. And then sometimes we're ill-equipped for post-event. Something happens in our life and we don't know, you know, what to do with that. Some people are not ready to go to surgery or to go to this job interview or whatever it would be. We've got to learn how to prepare ourselves and then we have to learn also once something happens, maybe something traumatic, what do we do uh, with that? Lack of clarity in our life. Uh, uncertainty about things. Some people just have a habit of worrying. Some people, their, their trigger is others. Others. We're so worried about what others are doing. We have the fear of mess, missing out. We have the fear that somebody's going to cut in front of the line. You probably in second grade were a tattletale. And we've learned this, we've taught this here, the three C's, don't compete, don't compare, don't complain. But if you're worried about others all the time, that you will be an anxious wreck. Some of you live too rigid. You've got your schedule. I, I tend toward this. I've got, I've got my routine, my schedule. I've got, I've got this, and if something throws that off, I've got I've to learn to adjust to that. 
lack of margin. We teach around here, the more margin you have, the less pressure you have. The less margin, the more pressure. And that has to do with time, money, anything else. Negative and toxic people in your life, that's a biggie. Family. Let's close in prayer. Mobility, or what is called uprooting, uprooting. Our culture is notorious for this. This is horrible in our culture. We uproot all the time. You're all the time moving things, changing things, uh, changing jobs, changing houses, changing cars, changing uh, spouses, changing. I'm, I'm not kidding you. Changing churches. Listen, you've got to get rooted in things and allow fruit to grow. The Bible even says this. Let me talk about church, okay? Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will thrive. That's not just that you, well, Meadowbrook's my church. No, you get planted. And it's not just for the sake of the church. It is for you so that you, so that you thrive. But uprooting, changing jobs and homes and schools and every, everything else is, is not good for us. Uh, improper or inadequate grieving. We must understand there's a right way to grieve and allow the process to happen. Something called rush sickness. We just live too fast. We're actually designed to travel at the pace of a camel. And yet we jet set all over the place. We try to cram 30 hours into 24 hours and and we're just living too fast. Cultural shifts impact us. Negative self-talk. I can't believe the people I talk to that, that love Jesus and know that Jesus loves them, but they talk so bad and negative about their life and their situations. We're going to get on that one. Wrong beliefs, wrong thought patterns, cumulative stress outcomes, difficult life circumstances. They happen in our lives that creates anxiety. Guilt. Guilt will make you paranoid. Uh, the Bible says that when you're guilty, you run off and no one's even chasing you. Condemnation is heavy. Sin, sin always depresses us. Chemical issues. Some chemicals that you're using you should not be using. And studies show that your peace pipe <laughs> actually creates anxiety. And then just chemicals that are in your body that are misfiring, and sometimes that's when, uh, you know, a doctor can help you with those things. And then we have a spiritual enemy. We really do. We have a spiritual enemy. He is against you. He hates your guts. And then living beyond design. It's like a machine that is not fueled well, not maintained well, used for the wrong things, and is always on. Eventually, there's going to be something to go wrong with that machine, and sometimes we're living that way, living beyond design. Studies show, and it's generally uh, agreed, that if we break down the 100% of anxiety, if we break all that down, the first 10% is circumstantial. So that's actual life events. So the first 10%. Second, 45% has to do with what are called factors. And that is, like I said, your, your temperament, your family of origin, uh, maybe something chemically going on in you, those kind of factors. And then the, the last portion of this 45% is your mindset. This has to do with how you process. This has to do with how you speak, how you think, and what you believe. And this is absolutely huge, and it is supported even in secular studies. So when you feel anxious, when you feel anxiety, you know what that feels like. 
You, you can feel your, your blood rate, your heart rate go up. You can feel the shallow breathing. You feel the tension. You, uh, things are going on. You can sense even in your mind, in your eyes, and so forth. Things happen in that way. When that happens, neurotransmitters, chemicals, have been triggered. Now, follow this for a minute so we can understand what's going on. They've been triggered. So adrenaline, cortisol, and so forth. And what they do, they fully ignite your sympathetic nervous system. And once that system is fired up and it's on, here's what it wants to do. It's going it's to direct you to do one of three things, fight, flight, or freeze. So when, when this happens, when you're feeling anxious, here's what your body is saying as a result of this chemical surge and these systems fired up in you. Your body is saying, we've got to do something. But the thing is, a lot of times we don't know what to do. And sometimes there's nothing you can do. And so what we end up doing a lot of times is either doing the wrong thing or worrying. And when we do that, we have this chemical surge that now damages you because things didn't end up happening in the right way. You didn't get to kick in the systems that really to work that out. So it wreaks havoc on our body, on our minds, and our concentration, our emotions, so forth, because anxiety, a lot of it is chemical. Now, don't just say, well, it's just chemical. Well, we want to work to make sure we're not firing up that monitoring system in the wrong way, that we're cooperating with this. And in some cases, we need a doctor's help to help us with some of those things. Now, there is help, there is hope, and I want to talk to you holistically. So if you're not resting right, if you never exercise... If you don't eat right, if you have toxic relationships, if, if you're engaged in some things that would throw your soul off, then we've got to adjust those things and address those things. But also this, some people say, well, it's just Jesus, just Jesus. That's all I need. I just need Jesus. And then they eat garbage and they fight with people and they don't rest well and, and all, they don't know how to resolve grief or situations or so forth. Yes, we need Jesus. Jesus first and foremost, but I'm telling you the approach to this has to be holistic for us. So that takes me to this. You are a spirit. You have a soul and I live in a body. So you, this is the real you, the spirit and the soul kind of is the expression of the spirit and then your body, that's your earth suit. That's what you travel around in and you have to take care of all of these. Okay. And so your spirit, especially if you're born again, you're good with God, okay? Your soul has some issues, okay? And it's, and it's all of us. This is where you think and feel. Get this now. This is where you think, feel, decide, and remember. All of that is in here. And so when anxiety is going on, it is impacting you huge in your soul and in your body. Much of that happening and much of it can be averted by some things that we're going to learn about our soul. We feel the manifestation of anxiety in our bodies sometimes and also in our emotions and also it clouds our thinking and our, our ability to handle emotions and thoughts and, and decisions and so forth. And then it wreaks havoc in our bodies. Let's look at a couple of things real quick. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. So fear is not from God. He's given us a three-pronged remedy here. He's given us power, love, and a sound mind. Look with me in Isaiah 53. He, Jesus, was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised 
for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. That word for peace there, the Old Testament word peace is the word shalom. It gives the idea of nothing missing, nothing broken. Reality is this side of heaven, we got a lot of things missing. And we got a lot of things broken. So what do we do with this? It is a sense of nothing missing, nothing broken. Jesus paid a dear price for that. It would be like you're at, you're at uh, getting your car repaired and you're sitting in the waiting room there and your car is messed up, but you know this. My car's messed up, doesn't work, but I know this. It's under warranty. They have the parts. I've got a master mechanic and they told me it would be done in about an hour. So your car's messed up, but you're good. You're over at the vending machine. You're talking to people. Y'all with me? Because it's the sense of, it's all right. Well, how's your car? Oh, it's broke. So how are you? Well, you're under warranty. God's got all the parts. He's a master mechanic. He's fixing you up right now. You ought to be on your way in no time. And so it's a sense of, a sense of nothing missing. And nothing broken because God's got you covered. Let's go ahead in the next verse here. In Isaiah uh, 9, 6. And his name will be called, come on, read it with me. Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Come on. Prince of Peace, that's who we serve. And then Isaiah 41, 10, don't miss this. Fear not, for I am with you every other Tuesday and weekends. Nope. I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So quickly, two things I want to give you this morning. Get a hold of these. I want, I want to explain a lot. I want to help us to understand what's going on. I want to give some light to that. And I want to give you some tools and weapons here before you leave. Here's the first one. This is big right here. Give it over to God. Whatever you're anxious about, give it over to God. I don't care how big it is. I don't care how many it is. Give it over to God. He's as close as the mention of his name. You can whisper his name. I've, I've, I did it last night. I I, I do it a lot. Sometimes even traveling, you know, and it's just like stress and anxiety and and different things going on. But I'm never alone. I'm never without help. He's with me to help me. And what we need to do sometimes, don't just think it, say it. And sometimes you can't say it real loud. I mean, like if you're in the grocery store, Jesus! (laughs) But just Jesus, Jesus. Because I'm going to tell you something. The name of Jesus is the name that is above everything every name. And the name of Jesus is above fear. We don't even know what all is vested in the power and authority of the name of Jesus, but he's given us his name to declare. Call out to him, invite him, turn to him, say it to him. I trust you. God, I give this to you. I can't handle this, but you can. I don't know what to do, but you do. And this is absolutely vital that you give it over to God. And then here's the other one right here. Ready? Get in this moment. Get in this moment. Focus on the present. Focus on the right now. Focus on this breath. Stop trying to be a time traveler. Because listen, depression is worry about the past. Anxiety is worry about the future. You can't do anything about either. God can but where you are is right here in this moment, in this breath, 
and you need to give it over to God, and then you need to get yourself in this moment. And sometimes you need to talk to yourself as you talk to God and get yourself in that moment. Get your head, get your heart, get your feet in this moment. (laughs) But that's coming up, And, and that happened. But I give that to God. God, I give that to you. I give that to you. And repeat as needed. I mean, over and over, you mean it. God, I took it back again. I give it back to you. How did this get back with me again? God, I give it back to you again. Give it over to God. Get yourself in this moment. You're going to find that these are two of our biggest tools. And this is what you have. Now you have you and God in the same moment, and you'll be okay. When you have you and God in the same moment, you're going to be okay. Pray this prayer with me right now. Jesus. I give it all to you. I give my life to you. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of all wrong. Make me brand new. Be my help. Be my strength. Be my guide. Be my Prince of Peace. Right now, I receive your peace, your wholeness, your presence. In my life, I thank you now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.